This is JFM Podcast. Beautiful morning to you and thank you for staying with J101.9 FM. This is the program Let's Talk. As you know, the media's business is to provoke debates and mold opinion. Welcome to Let's Talk. And uh, it's a new day and also the second day of the work week. How are you doing? Hoping you you have had a restful night and enjoying your day so far so good. Listening to J101.9 FM. Um, Now talking about negotiation. It's often described as the art of letting the other side uh, have their way. And you have to give the other side a chance to put stuff on the table voluntarily. But before we get into the discuss of the day, uh, let's take a look at some uh, stories that have continued to make the trends uh, lately. And we have an expert in the studio this morning to shed some more light on that. And that is Yak- Mr. Yakubu, Barista Yakubu S. Bauer, the MBA chairman, uh, Joss Branch. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you so much. And uh, good morning, listeners. Thank you for having me this morning. Yes, I know you've been busy up and down. (laughs) I couldn't track you yesterday, so we had to shift our appointments for uh, today. Exactly. Yeah, so thank you for taking the time. I know how busy your schedule is. So still looking at uh, the Jusun issue on the table, looking at Kaduna workers' strike. Uh, All of this has taken center stage lately. The judiciary strike action for financial autonomy has opened up a lot of conversations on the roles of state attorney generals and the need for them as chief law officers in their various states to push uh, the governors, they say, to simply obey the constitutional provisions uh, on the issue, or some even say resign in protest. Mm. And well, all governors say there is no dispute about that. Uh, but what does it mean, even? So um, I don't know what wrong assumptions we have about this issue uh, because uh, the CBN governor has asked states to repay the loan that they all got, and maybe that will have some implications on the autonomy, too. And um, another debate here is the question of who is constitutionally responsible for the funding of the judiciary. Some say the federal government, some say states, and some say it's a shared responsibility. And if states are not against financial autonomy, why a discordant tune when it comes to executive order 10? All of these issues and so much more. So let's just start with the Jusun strike and how it has continued to drag on. Well, let me say this, uh, Zoe, the problem we have now is that uh, this thing has taken a different dimension. For some of us, we never thought it's going to last as long as seven to seven weeks. Hmm. Courts are locked down and nothing is happening, uh, particularly in respect of one uh, crucial and integral part of an, an, an arm of government. But... Be that as it may, our concern has always been that uh, government must be proactive, government must be pragmatic in addressing these issues. But let me tell you something. There's something that I came to discover recently, that the problem of lack of autonomy, looking at the root cause, it did not just start today. It's something that will way back off uh, to 1963 when we're talking about the Republican uh, Constitution. It was that actually brought about this trouble that we have today. Mm. Because at that time, 
one of the trouble they did, uh, which they gave to us, and they, up to now they have not tackled it, is the fact that they abolished the Judicial Service Commission. And at that time, the Prime Minister Tafar Balea was the one in charge when it comes to issue of appointment and promotion of judges. And because the judges wanted to do their bidding and also to please them, they, 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 there are a lot of compromises here and there in trying to do to please the, the Prime Minister. And at that, you find out that a lot of this you know, circumvent justice and a lot of issues actually came up at that time. Because when they did that, the issue of judiciary, judiciary ought to be independent. It's not to be tied to executive. Now at, they are at the mercy of executive and they begin to, 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 to look at it that we are the one to decide. No wonder some governors particularly Rufai was talking about agitations and, and bringing to say that come, they should be given the power to appoint without the input of National Judicial Council when it comes to appointment of judges. And the issue, we led, uh, particularly MBA Just Branch, we started the protest that we did in conjunction with Jusun. To, we marched to the government house to say, come, what do you have for us on the plateau when it comes to issue of judicial, uh, financial autonomy of the judiciary? And one of the things that we talked and we raised that is the fact that they informed us that they have gone far by making a bill that has to do with the financial autonomy of judiciary and legislature. But the question is this, which they also asked a question, uh, which they said they need an answer to that, that at what point are they going to release the funds to judiciary? Is it on the issue of the first line charge or after they made some deductions in terms of their liability and so on and so forth? But we, for us, there's no need for any constitutional or judicial interpretation, let me say constitutional interpretation because it was elaborately clear. That provision says from the consolidated account. It means that you don't need to do, once the money is sent, you don't need to do any of the deductions because judiciary is an arm of government and if you're talking about paying the contractors and taking some liabilities, judiciary was not part of it. When you enter into that or when you secure those liabilities, they are not part and parcel of it. To that, they are not privy to such deductions, uh, 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 the contract liability whatsoever. So what we are saying is that they ought not to seek for any interpretation. Mm. It's a very clear and without ambiguity. The Constitution says consolidated at revenue. So what you're saying from the Federation account, once if if if, if the, the portion that is due to Plato State is 5 million naira, it's from that 5 million naira you remove that of judiciary and legislature. Straightforward. You don't need to say, no, we have some issues we need to do, we have contractors, we need to pay this. It's after we paid liabilities, then we come to that. No, we said that one is just an afterthought. In fact, it's of no moment. And for us, it's not a cogent reason for such a delay. Mm. Yeah. Well, what is your take uh, that the Attorney Generals of States are the chief law officers of their states and should be on top of their game uh, to direct state governors to obey the Constitution? In fact, as and, and, and where governors fail to listen, that attorney general should resign. If a state a governor changes like three, four, five attorney generals, he may probably sit up. And where the attorney general uh, does not advise the state governors, then the NBA should move against uh, the state governor with a view to getting him disbarred and sanctioned. And uh, is that a fair conclusion? Yeah, actually, we reached that at one of the National Executive Council meetings, that there must be a sanction 
that must be betted against our erring members. For instance, as Attorney General, and I, I, I'm, I'm a practicing lawyer, I'm, I'm a litigator, all I know is the courtroom, this is where I know I'm at best. Now, for instance, if I'm Attorney General today, you don't need to detect me as a governor. But the problem we have people, we have psychophants, we have people that all that matters to them is their stomach, what they will eat. That's why they don't have the boldness, they don't have the infantry to confront them and say, if you don't do this, I'm resigning. I, I, I'm going because this is what the law says. But you find out that most of them, they follow the governors. And the sad note is that a lot of governors, they are not even, they are not lawyers. But yet, you, 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 you tied your destiny to such an individual as if, if you doesn't, if it's without him, you will not exist or you can't survive. What we are saying is that that should be the position. And NBA, we must look at it. We rest that issue at one of our next meetings. I think we need to revisit the issue. Where we have an attorney general or where we have a governor, a sitting governor who happens to be a lawyer, and you know that our men, the cradle, main focus of NBA is promoting the rule of law. You find out that they flood orders, they are court orders, they don't respect, they, they, are, they are in contempt of several court orders, flagrant violation of court orders, and yet you have attorney general, you have a governor who says he's a lawyer and he's the one actually promoting or perpetrating this kind of evil. So we must look at it. I, I support that suggestion and I believe and I, 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 I subscribe to that idea that where an attorney general should not, should not do the needful or fails to do the needful, there must be a sanction. And if Attorney General would, we must take it as a position as MBA that we call ourselves members of, 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 of the noble profession and we are created to be a beacon of hope to every society that we live in, then we must stand to, to do what is expected of us. Mm -hmm. Meaning that when, as Attorney General, this is what the governor ought to do, he doesn't, I can't say, okay, I'm, I resigned and I'm going, then he employed another person tomorrow, the same person actually go, that same direction. The man will be tired and say, what is wrong with me? Mm. I think these people, they have ethics. They have a, the consciousness of saying that we are here to do the right thing. Nobody cares about the money. Nobody cares about but you know, because of the level of corruption in this nation and because of people don't have conscience anymore. All that matters to them is their belly. So we find it difficult to have such people in the All place right. of authority. Away from that matter now, um, we've seen uh, also in Kaduna states now where uh, the governors are uh, telling uh, the, the workers to calm down. There's been uh, a lot of agitation there concerning the strike. El Rufai has said a lot. Governors appeal for calm as NLC grounds economic activities uh, in Kaduna state and they've warned that uh, the NLC's actions could become counterproductive especially as the pandemic of 2020 has adversely affected workers socially and economically. What is your take on that in just some few minutes. Well, let me say, you know, my problem with uh, Erufai is the fact that I there are other aspects of his philosophy when it comes to leadership that I appreciate. But in the same direction, or in the same vein, mm. one of the issues and one of the cardinal objective or essence of leadership is to be able to serve the people. And you must listen to the yearning and aspiration of the people. You must look at the need of the people because they are the, the supreme. You are, you, you are not their servant. They, you, are, you are their servant. They, they are the leaders. Now, he might have a lot of reasons and justification 
generation from the financial point of view that they don't have actually the power or the financial capacity to be able to what to take care of these workers but the question is that he is saying even as of yesterday that nothing is going to change his mind he has made a problem with him is too stubborn and is a governor that he doesn't listen one he's bent and his head is straightforward to a particular issue edify he doesn't care and whoever is going to talk to him he will not listen and for me one of the qualities of a good leader is ability to listen because you are there for them so you must understand we're not saying completely he has his own reasons which i cannot stand now to justify or to be able to speak for him but he has the reason why he's saying that he's going to get away with these workers but the question is that with that kind of number that you're going to do that you are not thinking about the, the, the consequences the repercussion and the trouble that these people are going to put into i mean kaduna state is, is exactly. almost in total lockdown at, totally locked down and and this man is still stubborn he doesn't want to listen he's saying that for my heart whether it's true that he is making an attempt to arrest even the nlc, the NLC president yes. it, it's, it's absurd it, it doesn't make sense to me you know the problem we have in this country leaders that we have they are not leaders they don't really understand the philosophy the ethics of leaders because when as a leader is for me to look at the issue on ground what do i that's why you have the benefit of the hindsight to be able to know okay this is the situation on ground how do we address it how can we navigate through this trouble or the storm but the man will just stand and you know the problem we have kaduna state is that no one even out of his cabinet has the the power then to confront mm -hmm. the man and tell him the truth because they feel my worry with people until we rise above the immediate gratification that in a place of authority then I believe you me will never go somewhere. Uh, we should have somebody uh, that will confront the man are, and tell him. Not question. They are. They seem above the law. They seem questionable. Above. Well, another issue to making trends: Plato to conduct elections in 17 local government areas in October. Uh, the Plato State Independent Electoral Commission (PLSEC) has fixed 9th October 2021 to conduct election elections in all the 17 local government area councils. And the chairman, Mr. Fabian Tung, made the disclosure yesterday in Jos while. A addressing journalists. He said the election timetable and guidelines would be released to all political parties and the media. Uh, we call you people here to inform you that the Plateau State Independent Electoral Commission is in for another electoral circle. If you recall, we conducted local government elections on 10th October 2018 and time is fast approaching. Four months left now. Is this good news? It is actually. I must commend Plateau State Government in this regard because as I'm speaking to you now, there are some states till today, there are governors for six years they have never conducted a local government election but for me i give good news to the long administration because as far as this issue is concerned we must give them credit to that they have done their best and it's good to, to keep the track and uh, a lot of governors in the north particularly other states they they, they are there all they do is caretaker and up to today Kiatika committee, they have not done any local government election. It's so sad. And, and local governments, well, let me tell you, is a consecration of a constitution. Section 7 of the constitution said, talk about the third tier of government, which is local government. And yet, these people, they have what? They tried as much as the governors. They strangulated them. They tried to close them up. They tried to, to make sure that they don't exist and they don't recognize them. It's a constitutional actually violation. Wow, we saw what happened uh, when they also asked for autonomy. I believe that is still hanging in the air somewhere. Exactly. And we've also seen attacks on INEC facilities, and uh, uh, the report here is saying that it might affect uh, election preparation generally. 
and that's coming mostly in the southeast. Well, for me, it, it, it shouldn't affect the election because this has happened. So, in, 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 for a, in the leadership and also for somebody that is in charge of that particular institution, is for the person who I'm talking about, Professor Yakubu, now to be urban doing and also be cerebral to know that what do we do so that we don't truncate that election that is coming. So, that shouldn't be. And we'll not allow, we shouldn't give them room for, to give us any excuse to say that because of what has happened, we cannot conduct election at, at, at this at best they can do be they will be able to address the issue before time all right so this morning to our major issue uh state of the polity and what is the polity a form or process of civil government or constitution or an organized society uh a, uh, a state as a political entity and uh this morning well, let's start with a quote of john f kennedy where he right. said let us never fear to negotiate but let us never negotiate out of fear. Now we've been talking about restructuring, restructuring, restructuring. It means different things to different people at different times. But beyond being a ward, uh, how can restructuring be measured, calculated, or even determined? And uh, you as the MBA chairman now, can we uh, talk about restructuring at all without looking at the constitution? Uh, because um, for from what we have here, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's many say it's a solution to the problems bedeviling Nigeria. But can we have restructuring without looking at the constitution? Next year, Nigeria will be celebrating 100 years of being a country with constitutions. That is going back to 1922, the Clifford Constitution. Uh, can you take us through uh, all of that? Because many allege that uh, this gives us a proper perspective into the problems. The Clifford Constitution shows that the country uh, wasn't built on ideologies, principles, or policies, but on uh, on resources, allocations, and money, because I see that in 1922, you needed to have at least 100 pounds to vote or be voted for, and that continued even in 1946, and so on and so forth. Well, so let me say this thing. Uh, this is a topic that we should take at least two days to be able to do justice to. But let me see if I can uh, do something uh, within the, the space of time that I have. Now, looking at the history of Nigerian constitutional uh, development. Now, like you rightly mentioned, the first constitution we had, Clifford Constitution 1922. And that constitution went on. And there are a lot of issues that came up has to do with the uh, representation in terms of legislature, uh, how how can we have people to represent in the council, legislative council? That came where we have 23 members, 14 council members, 23 were official, 19 unofficial, four elected. And that four elections are from, from the south, talking about Lagos and Calabar. But at that time, even the legislature that has to do with the north was done via proclamation by the governor. And that, that, that happened. And when 1992 constitution, 1922, they look at that there are a lot of lacunas and shortcomings that we needed to address a lot of issues. And what was the issue? Issue of proper presentation. That Nigerians should be the stake, they should be stakeholders in deciding the destiny and the fears of their nation. That moved us to another. After 22 years, we moved to 1994, 1944, talking about Richardson constitution. And the aim of that constitution, we shouldn't lose focus, was to promote Nigeria's unity. And that was the essence of that constitution. 
Now, the reason why I'm taking us through this history, a checkered history, is for us to understand constitution is a product of another constitution. Mm-hmm. Now, we went through, through that. Then that also reflected a lot of issues of representation. But there are a lot of issues that we must look at from that constitution, talking about the need to legislate for the whole country. Might, don't, we shouldn't forget the fact that we have British colonial masters who actually are the people that are in, in charge of uh, manning the affairs of our nation and trying to be give Nigerians one a few instances where they will reflect and say that in fact they are contributing to the development of their nation. And at that constitution, there's an issue that came out. What is so distinct about 1944 constitution, the reason is that we're talking about the regional house of assembly were created. We went into that. And but there's another issue that was addressed. At that time you have hundred pounds which you have the right to the foreign choice either to vote or to be voted. It was reduced to 50. Mm. We are now tr- we, are, we are progressing. Mm. We went. The problem was that limitation in terms of uh, foreign choice and we are talking about issue of the expensive as to right to vote. That was reduced. That was addressed. Regional House of Assembly could not actually make laws. But what it turned out to be, the sad note was it became a house for public discussion. They don't have the efficacy. They don't have the powers to even legislate for the nation. And yet you say their legislative house of or, or house of assembly, their legislative laws. Now, that actually took us to another issue, which is the McPherson Constitution. McPherson Constitution was a product of 1950 after there was a meeting in, 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 in Ibadan where there was a decision to say, come, we need to look at this constitution again. That went to that. There was a problem which I want to address, and I want to be very frank, mm-hmm. and I want our listeners to understand. From this McPherson Constitution, we are talking about, if you look at, when you're talking about representation, the North has always had the majority. When you're talking about 34, you're talking about North, North would have 68. And what was the reason? It was because of the Middle Belt region. You understand? Now, my only problem with this, and I want to, not to digress, but to make a succinct and pungent point for people to understand. And this is the problem with this country. Now, there was a lot of agitation even when 1956, 55, 54, the way we were talking about issue of the Hedgesley Report, where there was a commission of Wilkins, uh, Wilkins Constitution was, 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 commission was constituted to look at because the minorities actually expressed fear as the issue of domination by the, 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 the non-Islamic Middle Belters. And there was a lot of agitation that we want to have another region, Middle Belt region. And that is the agitation that has continued till today. today. Because they are talking about, in in, in as much as you are talking about Nigeria, you must not lose track to remember and to understand the Middle Belt movement in Nigerian political development. There was a strong agitation by Middle Belters. And and they have every reason to have concern as to fears when the the British, the colonial masters were going. And that's what we are. We went from the Marxist constitution. I will come back to the issue of Middle Belt movement. But we went to the Littleton Constitution, 1954. That also constitution is my only worry has always been that not always have the majority. Hmm. But yet, in spite of the majority, there are a lot of issues that are not being addressed, and that is where we are today. Now, we are talking about the ability to restructure without constitutional amendment. Now, let me tell you, it will be very difficult to do a restructure without constitutional amendment because the problem we have with our nation, we tend to say it's a federal system, but we don't reflect the federal character in the real sense of the word. Now, you're talking about 
whether we're going to have a restructure. Like you rightly mentioned in your preamble, people have different definitions of restructuring. But I want to bring it to home for people to understand. Some of us, we are proponents of restructuring. And one of the things we keep saying in most fora that I've been as a person that I'm in support to restructure this country, we're talking about one devolution of powers. Mm. Can these powers, we have so much concentration of powers at the center. Can we come where other? And what was the problem? It's the constitution. When you look at the issue, and it started 19, when you talk about 19, the Republican Constitution, 1963 Constitution, because it's created the issue of the exclusive legislative list and concurrent legislative list, then where you don't have the concurrent, you talk about residu uh, residual legislative list. Now, you have 68 items that are concentrated at the exclusive legislative list. That all that federal government would do, this 68, is an exclusive reserve of the federal government. This is unfair. Then we're talking about 30 for concurrent where go the federal government can make and state can make at the same time. Now let me give you one of the trouble that I have with even the concurrent. Why, why is it? For instance, you're talking about Evidence Act. Evidence Act is under the exclusive legislative leave. Under the, the principle of constitutional law, we say doctrine of covering the field. When a particular aspect is covered, it has covered. Now that is federal, federal uh, uh, exclusive legislative leave. I'm talking about Evidence Act. But you come to bring the issue of Child's Rights Act. Child's rights, not act. No, he said it's on their concurrent. The federal can make, the state can make. That's why we have a problem. For instance, I, I, I had a lot of problem with, with, with this issue. I Practical example now. The, the right of a girl child. I have done a lot of cases. And I have gone far to always be um, the protection of a girl child. Now, for instance, if you go to the far north, we have Child's child Rights Act that up to today, northerners have refused what? To domesticate as their state laws. Mm -hmm. And do you know the reason? I'm very frank to say. Because those laws in those states, like in Sokoto, in Kasena, in mm -hmm. Jigawa, and the rest, only a few of them, to them, that child's right that is anti-Islam. Mm. It's contrary to Islam. One of the troubles we have in this country, that's why I tell you this is a topic for two days for me mm. to be able to decipher and dissect. Now we have the problem of multi plural uh, legal pluralism, where you have multiple laws. Now we're talking about constitution, something that will shock you that I will tell you today. When by the time you leave Jos, you enter the part of Jingiri, you pass through Zaria, the entire region. And that of Northeast, Yobe, Bauchi, Northern Bauchi, forget about the Southern Bauchi, they don't believe in the supremacy of the Constitution in the first place. What regulates their life is Islamic law. You are talking about Constitution, it's you that you know Constitution. Hmm. In Kasena State, in Kano, in Kebbi, any other Muslim believes that his constitutional, his own supreme law is Sharia. So, you're talking about supremacy of the constitution. That's why we had a trouble with Sharia in Zafara State, because we have not been able to address this issue. The constitution is the supreme, is the grand noon. But yet, people don't even acknowledge that. So, we will not be able to do restructuring without touching the constitution itself, because that is where we have the problem. Now, we are talking about issue of, of exclusive, you say all these things is for, so we must devolve power. We, like, for instance, we are talking about fiscal federalism. My principle, my ideology, my belief, my take is that every state should hold its own resources. 
I don't believe where some other resources are out. They have their oil, and you come and say, yeah, 80%. Some people from Kasena, from Jigawa, from Sokoto. Why do this state contribute at the center? Indeed, many What do we contribute at the uh, center? The issue of money sharing is also the bone of contention from those calling for restructuring, and the evidence shows that at least uh, it's a major bone. That is 34 out of Nigeria's 36 states gets more money from the federation accounts Abuja than they do from their own states. Next now, uh, the next question is, if they go to Abuja to get money from the federation accounts, how is the federation account funded? Now, the CBN provides that answer. They say more than half of the money in the federation account comes from oil. Now, how important uh, is oil still in the Nigerian economy? We've seen the NBC uh, has said that, that the answer that they say that last year, 75% of all that we exported from Nigeria was oil. So if we look at uh, the history of the oil sharing to understand today's problem now, in 1960, 50% of what you earn from oil from your region, 50% you will keep, then put 30% in distribution pool or the federation uh, account, mm -hmm. and that will be shared among other regions. The federal government, again, in 1960, will collect only 20% of your oil money, same as 1963. But fast forward now until today, what is obtainable? You only keep 13% compared to the 50% in 1960, and the remaining 87% goes into that pool that is now shared among the federal government, the states, the local government, and that is and has been uh, the major uh, contention here also. Exactly. Like, for instance, let me talk about the uh, issue of uh, the fiscal federalism that we pretend we have. Now, what is, why should I be worried? If uh, on the plateau, for instance, I, I, one thing that most northerners always fail to understand, that even when you said let the people that have oil keep their oil, we will survive. What has people always say that mm. we, Amadubello University was built with what when agriculture that was the main source? Why don't we do that? In fact, for me, by the time you do this, you'll be able to have more development in most of the states and most of the region than what we have today. Let me tell you, by the time you remove issue of federation uh, allocation from the federal account, a lot of people will not aspire to be governors. Exactly, and then we'll have those they would who have, want to be who, who wants want to, to be genius and resourceful. Exactly. You have to be ideas, you, you know, don't have an idea. Mm. People that are they lack ideas cannot aspire to be government because they will put me in trouble. Mm. And you see people coming do with ideas. For instance, I'm on the plateau. Why should I worry about money? Do you know why we are not serious people? Let me give you an example. We have mining. Have we looked at our mining law where we explore what we have? There are many issues that we have. Let me tell you, one of the trouble in every country is that when you have a failed tax system, you'll not be able to have development. Even through taxation, the tax system on minerals alone on the plateau we can survive. For instance, we have someone, just recently, a, a, a small boy, he went and came to a point that he fabricated uh, this issue when we're talking about COVID-19. Uh, the the oxygen the, the oxygen exactly yes. he I had that having them on the, the program these people you, thank god now when you have that kind of people what do i need to worry people are running away from oil what is actually the key thing now is ability information technology if you do that you market e 
economy. You can turn things around. But we are so worried about every month now. What the governor will tell you is that uh, the money he received from Federation is not enough. He needs to, 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 to get money from the bank to be able to pay salary. What is so spectacular in payment of salary? That's nothing that unique about it. Now. That's not an issue. We are paying salary. It just What is there? What is there? I, I, I should clap for you. You are paying salary. So now, what about In 1960, Nigeria had a significantly low population and, and you know, now we have over 200 million people and the size of the land is still the same, but the demands from the citizens uh, is, you know, far above everything and it's rising every day. And uh, how can equity now and equality be measured? Because uh, the Nigeria, the Nigerian current system of public administration now, uh, can this get us anywhere when we look at it? Because calls and cries of unfair treatment uh, at this time, if we look at the facts of, of representation to allow us to look at uh, restructuring too. And when you look at it, when you look at the top 10 states actually that are fully represented, you see that some parts of the country are not represented at all. Exactly. The, the problem of this country is lack of justice. People have been crying for injustices from different quarters. If we have a system where people will see justice and justice will be reflected, I tell you, all this agitation will go down. Now, when we look at why the Southeast has the least representation at the National Assembly, uh, the Northwest region has uh, 20, 26%, and it has in legislation, they have 24% representing them in legislation, the Southwest 19, the South South. 16, the North Central 15, the North East 14, and the South East uh, just has 12. And also, um, when you look at other issues, when it comes to uh, uh, National Assembly now, uh, we have North West 113, North East 66, North Central 70, and 89 for North for South West, and 58 again for South East, and 73 for South South. And so when one part continues to cry and cry and cry and we don't listen to them it's like having a family and you pick some kids over some kids you know what is going to happen eventually exactly that's why a lot of people in nigeria they always say this is a first union in fact after 1914 nobody actually opted for us to have a nigeria it's just uh, a contraption of people coming together to say we have to live as a nation that's why a lot of agitation now is that we must restructure we must go back and ask ourselves do we really want to continue with this union now where you have the issue we, we, we came with the issue of Federal Character Commission. Is this issue where it's been reflected? Do we adhere to the tenets and the principle of federal character? At all. No, at all. Even in our uh, appointments, uh, uh, we never had it so bad and terrible as this government. Where, like uh, uh, President Obasanjo put it so succinctly, our diversity has been mismanaged by the mm. current administration. It's so sad to say that where you look at the issue of nepotism has gotten, the same Bishop Kuka raised this issue and people are saying this thing. My problem with this country is that we don't like truth and it's all about falsehood and look at people like uh, Garbashehu, they will all just say everything. Now, this and this and this. Lai Mohammed, so sad at his age, he will not look at truth and say the truth because he wants to be what pleased the government. Act of sacrifice. The trouble we have is that, my, my worry is that we talk about issue of uh, democracy, it's about population, it's about this and that. But you know the problem we have? is because we have an ulterior motive. Even by those people 
people that have crafted the way our election is being conducted. It has to do with the delineation of the constituencies. You find out that I went to Kaduna. I saw a very big constituency in southern Kaduna where I see they don't have a polling unit. Mm. But I came to the northern part. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very frank to say this. Where there are few, very few, they have different polling units. Are we, is there justice in that matter? Mm. The problem with this country is that we must go back to ask ourselves. Two issues have come. Issue of nepotism, issue of ethnicity and religion. You can't be anything today. If you're talking about appointment, I've learned, I had a story where someone from a, a, a state from the north, he, did, he didn't ever wanted to be employed. The man cannot even write his name and answer the form to do documentation. He said it was one man that forced him to come and take this appointment. Nobody, if you're talking about appointment today, if this is 100, I assure you not we get 70, the others will get. What are we talking? What are we talking about? I, 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 it bothers me when I see people, all they try to do is just to do injustice. And nobody wants to be fair. You don't have to be a bureau man if I'm a bureau man to treat you well. I don't have to be a Christian if I'm a Christian to treat you well. Everybody is equal. God has given everybody human dignity. Uh, the issue is our Nigerianness. If as far as you are a Nigerian, I don't care where you're coming from. I must to be fair. Is what makes you a Nigerian. Let's open the phone lines and hear from Nigerians this morning. Zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine and zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. Hello and welcome. Good morning. Good to have you. Please turn down the volume of your radio set. Thank you. Go right ahead. One minute, please. Okay. Um, you're still not turning down the volume of your radio set. Hello. It's like this morning. People want to hear themselves on the radio. <laughs> Please turn down the volume of your radio set and you have just a minute to make your comments and contribution. Hello? Hello, good morning. Hello, hello. Good morning, sir. Good morning and welcome. Amen. Thank you, sir. Well, I just don't know because the the colonial problem of this country and people have been talking. Hmm. Now look at what the gentleman is saying. They have injustice, injustice, injustice. And we are talking about just like uh, a you said we are talking about peace, 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 no justice. So where can he go? Yeah. It's not possible. It's not possible. Okay. It's not possible. We can it's not a magic. And no system is a Father Christmas. The more you give, the more you receive. So the issue is that what do you go for here? And you see, we have a subjectivity of the mind in this country. Some people are saying yes, some people, and that they are yes, is about negativity and practicality. So what do you do? So we should not keep quiet, we should continue to cover it. So we want to thank you, people. No intellectual capacity is the only issue. If you don't educate people, you will not plan. Thank you, Barrister, for the question. But everywhere, well, it's a democratic electorate system, but you have become, uh, what, do you, what do you call him? A de facto leader. Exactly. A king. It's a democracy. I, I mean, I don't know. We are not saying that. Yes, you who wear this, you know, wear fancy. We don't say you should not make a ransizing or otherwise. But Hazir Ansar is so much. Hazir Ansar is an escort. 
Thank you so much. Hello and good morning. Hello. Hello, are you there? Hello and welcome. Hello. Hello. All right, let's get to our feedback handle on Facebook. Benji Benji is saying, there's no point resuscitating a court when you cannot catch the criminals. That's common sense. And that is concerning uh, Malami, uh, the attorney general, saying they're going to resuscitate uh, the criminal courts so as to try uh, Boko Haram. Alphonsus Baladunia is saying, it's not the implications, but the action after the implications. Hello and good morning to you. Hello. Hello and good morning. And Bature Simon David is saying, uh, good morning to the guests in the house. I love the program. The show of might going on in Kaduna State. At the moment, the toothless bulldog NLC have finally developed tooth, and she is finally uh, ready to bite any terror leader, starting with Kaduna State um, gov governor, government, FG, and other states' governors be warned. Yakubu Steven is saying, when they said unknown gunmen, who are they setting the court for? Are the terrorists no longer uh, cover the repented terrorist name? Uche Chigozie is saying Nigeria is goon division is the only answer, but why hate people you don't want to stay away or separate from? Funny nation. Dimas Bala is saying really unfortunate that the executive has it all in this country. How can judiciary who understands the law and its implication not hold the executive responsible but resolve to strike it's really laughable? It's only is that all they could do as lawyers? The only arms of government, what what that is in reality, the executive, which way Nigeria? Albert Akaya is saying, is it possible for Nigeria to set aside this constitution and it's marred with gross ir irregularities that always call for amendments and work on a new document? That is our document because uh, money spent on continuous amendments can afford us a new indigenous con constitution. Isn't it better? Hello and good morning. Hello. Oh dear, the phone lines are not friendly at this time. Uh, let's still move on to other matters. Like we were saying, um, where are the representatives of the people? Where do National Assembly members come from? If we look at the principle of uh, how representatives are distributed in Nigeria, we have 469 representatives in the National Assembly. Uh, but uh, here are the facts. 113 from the Northwest, the least being the Southeast with 58, the Northeast 66, 
66, the North Central 70, the Southwest 89, and the South South 73. Now, why is the Southeast least represented in the National Assembly? Is it a population distribution and census or something malicious? Now, based on what uh, the census says and the population distribution, based on what the National Population Commission counted, they say that the Northwest has 24% of the representatives in the National Assembly, but they claim that the Northwest has a population of 26%. Now, the evidence from our population census, uh, if accurate, shows that the Southeast only has a population of 12%, and so they have only 12% representation. Lower representation at the National Assembly, uh, what is the implication of this? And uh, the implication of having low representation at the National Assembly now? Well, the implication is simple. It means your voice will not be counted, will not be heard, and it means that uh, in one way or the other, you're being denied your right. And uh, I, I don't know, but this is an issue, when we talk about issue of restructuring, that we must address. Uh, like I rightly pointed out, the main problem has to do, we're talking about population, you're talking about the demographics of in terms of uh, northwest, northeast, we are far ahead of other regions. But the question is, it's not only that. We have to look at issue of delineation of constituencies. They, they, what they look at is that, for me, it's, there's, there's an injustice in this aspect. And there's a way we can address that uh, by trying to look at, okay, where people are agitating. Like I said, and like the first caller said, and, and I want to adumbrate or amplify on this, peace is a product of justice. Where you have justice, peace is inevitable. You, you don't struggle, you, you don't try to say, let's, let's broker peace. Naturally, it will flow. And the reason we have, we have a lot of agitation in this nation, like I said, a lot of people look at there's several injustices being meted against them. All right, let's take some phone calls now. Hello? 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 Hello, good morning, how are you? Good morning to you, welcome. Yeah, good all right, boss, from where? From the south. Okay. Concerning the issue of autonomy, autonomy should be in totality. Not when it comes to left, it's not autonomy. Or when it comes to right, it's not autonomy. Both left and right, it should, be autonomy. It should, be, it should be in totality. If we understand what autonomy is, you are me. Autonomy is able to, able to govern yourself or control your own affairs. Or the ability to ask, to act and make decisions without being controlled by anyone else. That's our autonomy. Thank you so much for your input. We appreciate your time. Hello and good morning. All right, still looking at the top 10 states and uh, reps at the National Assembly. Kano uh, is at the top with 27, Lagos with 27, Kaduna with 19, Kasina with 18, Oyo with 17, Rivers 16, Bauchi 14, 15, Benue 14, Jigawa 14, Sokoto 14. And as so many say, this is the major challenge as uh, we've been discussing so far. Still more phone calls. Let's hear from Nigeria. Hello? The phone lines. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. This is Gerald from Bible Fit. All right, Mr. Gerald, welcome. Yeah, my just simple. Why why is the Nigerian state finding difficult to give people their independence or allow them to go? If there is so much injustice, why don't you allow people to go? 
the country is there is so much injustice in the land that people down south, especially the south, they don't feel comfortable being part of the country again. The Catalans are expecting to leave Spain. The Scottish are expecting to leave uh, England. And so many other places all over the world. Why is Nigeria on You don't like somebody and you don't want him to go. You don't have to do it. It's not fair. Okay, just this uh, report that came out that uh, got the company in contact. You know, uh, breweries, or let me say, tax from alcohol contributed almost 70% of our income on this first one. And yet, those taxes are being given to, you know, the money that's being given to northern states, some northern states that keep destroying, uh, you know, businesses that you know, run on alcohol and gin. You, you, you collect uh, money from those taxes. It's on sale now. Thank you yeah, very much for your input this morning. Zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. You can also connect with us on our feedback handle. You can find us facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss. Hello and good morning. Good morning, and my name is John from Peringada. My view about the uh, 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 protest um, is striked by uh, judiciary and uh, I think uh, people have used sympathy and uh, um, passion uh, empathy or sympathy for the judiciary like um, the Labour Congress because if you look at some of the problems we are facing in this country yeah, the judiciary are also part of it that is my own opinion. Look mm. at them. They are the ones that still come through and say that even without a city, you can run this country. They are the ones that make, uh, whether Anabra or Imo State, somebody that is in force to become number one in Imo State. They are the same people that go and form a um, uh, 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 different uh, uh, group to say that they are protesting about it. So, so they are the same problem of themselves. Thank you so much. We appreciate your input this morning. All right, um, let's look at another issue here just quickly. Boko Haram terrorist courts to be resuscitated, says Abubakar Malami. Now, recently, Lai Mohammed, the Minister of Information, said kidnapping and other crimes committed by bandits can only be tried by states, attorney generals, and he blamed them for slow prosecution of these crimes. Uh, what is your reaction? Are they federal or state offenses? And we've also seen uh, unknown gunmen here on the plateau, Unijos, a uh, female professor and husband abducted. So who is responsible for uh, prosecuting these crimes, Barrister? Well, the issue is that, you know, my, my, my problem with Malemi is the fact that, honestly, I wonder, I just, before I step out, he was on AIT, I think, uh, Morning Express. And uh, if you listen to his views, you begin to wonder. And uh, as Attorney General and Minister of Justice of this country speaks like that. Now, we're talking about... Uh, issue of prosecution. Now, for instance, on the plateau, we have our own law that deals with the issue of kidnapping. Now, we have the sole responsibility to do that. There are also federal offenses, which is the federal high court that can do that under the office of the attorney general. So what I'm saying is that it depends on the situation and circumstances, and it, it depends on the offense and also the, the scene of the crime. But what I'm saying is that there are offenses where states can prosecute, federal can prosecute. We are talking about issue of terrorism. Mostly is the federal uh, high court that has the jurisdiction to prosecute. 
street terrorist acts and the rest. We're talking about kidnapping. All the states now in this country have their own laws that deals with kidnapping. Now, for instance, on the plateau, we have 2018, uh, this government, which we must appreciate them, uh, there's uh, administration of criminal justice uh, law, which is already in place. And it had addressed a lot of issues, which are also in line with the contemporary uh, states that we are now to address a lot of issues. So, but where you have people talking about, for instance, as a comment actually that was done or actually accredited to Lai Mohammed in respect of that. It's so sad that people just look at and, 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 and close their eyes to realities and truth and, and uh, because they want to suit their interests or their own uh, on, 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 on attitude and let me say the way they want their own position and they try to close their eyes to realities on ground and also present another uh, scenario which we also uh, in all cases say no to it and we resist it in totality so issue of prosecuting crimes both the state and the federal have powers prosecutory powers depending on the offense and that is already uh, to be dealt with at hand Mm. Now, still, um, what is your reaction to the Minister of Justice and Attorney General of the Federation saying uh, that uh, in an effort to address insecurity in the country, the federal government will resuscitate special terrorism uh, prosecution courts? Now, according to the AG, uh, AG's media aid, the courts are to bring to book all those found in connection with terrorism to serve as a deterrent to others, and the courts will also prosecute 400 suspected Boko Haram financiers identified by the federal government last month. also, the AG came under fire for claiming that he is unaware. Last week, he came under fire for saying that he's unaware that many Nigerians were opposed to the de-radicalization of former Boko Haram members. And the thing is, a lot of Nigerians uh, don't know that there is a terrorism court and uh, how is it that the former Boko Haram members are de-radicalized uh, instead of being uh, tried. And if the AG is unaware of that, then what will happen to the 400 Boko Haram members identified? And uh, we know that the list is yet out. We need more details. So, you know, what is the goal? Many are are saying it's similar to what we had in the military era of speedy tribunal of uh, justice. But the crux here is um, many are asking, is there any need for a special court uh, at this time? Or uh, is creating a special court, uh, is it going to make the justice delivery quicker? And uh, how is uh, the de-radicalization, you know, viewed by you as a Nigerian? Yeah, actually, let me say this. I'm not going to accept that position already advanced by the uh, Minister of Justice to say he's not in the know. Let me tell you, I have a classmate who works in his chambers from uh, Federal Minister of Justice. That was a time they went to a particular facility where Boko Haram suspects have been kept, have been detained. And they went there to look at issues with genuine issues where, in fact, to understand if indeed they are part of uh, Boko Haram. And the process, and that's what they do to ridiculize them, and they do that process. In fact, that process, as far as I'm co- concerned, is not fair. There is no uh, mechanism for accountability. What are the indices? We don't know. They just do this thing, and, and, and they did it actually in a hidden place, and without knowing the procedure. Mm-hmm. And how are we sure that when these people pass through the ridiculization process, or uh, tr- whatever they do, whether in the real sense of that they are being radicalized. Uh, yes. But the truth of the matter is that for him to have said this, to say he's not in the know, I don't accept this, and I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. And, and for us, I see no reason at this point in time to say that you're going to bring a special terrorism court where Federal High Court 
has the powers to prosecute and they they keep on doing that so and for me as a minister of justice you don't need to come out and be, be telling us this what we need is that come out with a robust plan and action to address this issue all these are rhetorics you just come out you want to do this you want to do what you think is good do that is it's right and the problem we have is that you know you know let me tell you something problem with leaders you can have a leader that have no knowledge but he can identify with people i wish there's a time i would have given you three class of leaders leaders that they are not cerebral but they identify with people that have the knowledge and they hire good hands to be able and one of such is what you can talk about uh obasanjo obasanjo from the military sector he became the president and he understand that in the terms of knowledge on some particular aspects not a technocrat but he hired the best hand at that time people People like Ngozi, people like a uh, lot of them that came and they did wonderful well. Now, where you have an attorney general or a president where he doesn't want to identify with people that have the knowledge to be able to help him and he, feel, he, he feels he has. So you only have a problem. That's a great disconnect. That let me say this. Place. Time will not permit yes. us to say this. Mm. But let me tell you, in as much as we are talking about restrictions, Zoe, the issue is that it has to do with us. Our attitude, our worldview, our culture must change. Thank you. That is a good place to live it this morning. Well, Shegumi has said the kidnappers are ready to be, to repent and come back into society. Many say the office of the AG needs to provide more details for a robust conversation, for more input from various stakeholders. And also, uh, many are asking what is going on with the victims. We don't hear enough conversations about the victims of these attacks. The emphasis seems to be more on the terrorists than uh, and their de-radicalization and the people rendered homeless, living in IDPs who have lost all hope and livelihood. We don't uh, seem to hear more about them. So we'll leave it here today. Uh, this is what we have for you on the Tuesday edition of the program, Let's Talk. News Top of the Hour comes up next and after that, the Midday Show. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.